0: Hello and welcome to the episode number 10 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you two low money down property investing strategies, which means you don't have to use very much of your own money, and four no money down property investing strategies. Now you might be thinking, is it really possible to buy property with none of your own money? Well, yes it is, and I've done it myself, thousands of my students have done it, and I explain how you can do it in this particular episode of the Property Magic Podcast. Now, when you're normally investing in a buy-to-let property, an investment property, you get a mortgage of 75% and you have to put in a deposit of 25%. Now, this is where most people get stuck because they realize even if you have money, at some point you'll run out of your own funds and most people stop until they can wait for the value of the property to go up They remortgage, take some money out, and go and buy some more properties. There's nothing wrong with that. That's certainly how I started, but you know what? It takes a long time. So if you can buy properties with very little or none of your own money, there's no limit to the amount of property you can control. And all successful investors start using other people's money. Now, obviously, if you do have your own money, it's best to use that first. But very often people are just thinking about savings. They think I've got no money in the bank, therefore I've got no money for deposits. Well look, there are a number of different sources of deposits. And actually we're gonna cover this in a future episode of the Property Magic Podcast. But just for now, let's think about, you know it could be savings, it could be redundancy money, Rather than getting another job, why not get that money working for you and creating an alternative income? Maybe it's inheritance, uh, maybe it's retained profit from another business, you can borrow it as a director. Maybe it's money from your pension. You know, you if you're 55, you can access your state pension and or your company pension and draw down some cash. But if you're younger than 55, you might have a SAS, which is a small self-administer scheme, one for a business And you can access some of that money to invest as well. And the most common route that most people use is using equity from an existing property. Releasing equity from your own home or from a rental property or even an inherited property is the way most people fund their property investment. My very first property back in 1995 was actually purchased using none of my own money. You see, at the time, I had no money. I'd been a student at Birmingham University. I'd just started work at Cadbury, so I had a good job. So I was able to get a mortgage, but I had no deposit money. Now, I actually borrowed the money from a family relative. My grandmother at the time had just sold a property. She had moved in my parents in the south of France, and she had some money in the bank. And my parents weren't in a position to help. But my mum said, why don't you speak to your grandmother? Maybe she can help. Now, she did want to help. So she gave me a loan. It wasn't a gift. So I paid her interest and I paid all the capital back. And she was really happy to have helped me being one of her grandsons. But also, she got a better return from me than she did in the bank. And that's a really important concept that we're going to come back to later in this podcast. So suffice to say that first property was none of my own money invested and then for some reason I seem to forget about that and all of my future properties uh, for the first 11 years of my investing were ones where I put money into them and that was money that I'd saved for my business or for my salary. It was money I'd refinance from other properties or money from the sale of some properties I put back into more property and then something happened in 2006. So I was at one of my own property investor network meetings and I met someone who explained that actually you can buy properties significantly below market value from motivated sellers. We talked about this in a previous episode of this podcast. And then I met someone else at another one of my network meetings who was a mortgage broker who said if you buy a property at a big enough discount, there's a product with a company at the time called Morge Express where you can buy the property for cash. Now, it's someone else's cash, you borrow it literally for a day, and then you remortgage the property on the day you actually buy it. And you can only do it once you own it. But once you own it, you could remortgage it, this was at the time, and they would give you a remortgage based on the value of property, not the purchase price. So it was amazing, because you bought a discount and then you remortgage up to the true value, and often the mortgage amount you would get, and in those days it was 85% loan to value, the mortgage amount was sometimes more than the purchase price. So by borrowing someone else's money cash and buying the property, you could then on the same day of purchase repay the money you've used to buy the property, cover all the legal costs, and sometimes even get money in your pocket. It was an amazing strategy, and this was actually the basis of the very first edition of Property Magic back in 2008, explaining exactly what we did. Now, unfortunately, the credit crunch came, and the property market changed, and the mortgage market changed, and Mortgage Express withdrew that product. Now, I was using it, many thousands of investors were doing this, and some investors became stuck. They only had one way of buying property, no money down, and when that changed, they couldn't buy any more property because they failed to adapt. So it's really important for you to keep up to speed with changes in the market and understanding how you can buy and acquire property creatively. And so that's what I'm going to cover in this podcast. So I'm going to share two low money down strategies and then four no money down strategies. So let's talk about low money down first of all. And it's a very popular strategy called rent to rent. And I will actually do a future podcast all about rent to rent, but let me just give you a quick summary here. So this is where you take on a property and you rent the property from another landlord and you are very open, you fully disclose what you're planning to do, but then you rent the property in a different way. So let's say you take on a single let property, you might rent it out as an HMO, a house of multiple occupation, where you rent out individual rooms. Now with an HMO, the rent you get collectively from all the rooms is far more than a single tenant. And so you can afford to pay the landlord, you can cover all the bills, and still make a very healthy profit yourself. Or, maybe the property isn't big enough to use an HMO, you could use it as serviced accommodation. Serviced accommodation is where you do very short term lets to um, holidaymakers, tourists, to uh, professionals working away from home, and because it's a short amount of time, you charge a lot more rent. And so again, the collective rent you get, and you'll never get 100% occupancy, you should aim for about 70% occupancy, but even at that level, the rent is far more than a single let tenant. You can pay the landlord their rent, you get to pay the bills and you get to profit as well. It's a fantastic strategy. Uh, Unfortunately, many people out there aren't doing it correctly. You know, you need to do it correctly. You've got to put the right contracts in place. You've got to make sure the mortgage companies are okay with this. So there is definitely a right and a wrong way to do it. But you might think, well, why on earth would a landlord do this? Well, there are maybe landlords who've had bad experiences. They've had bad tenants, they've had bad letting agents where they've not had any rental income coming in, and actually they're having to dig into their pocket to pay the mortgage and the other costs. And that's not what property is all about, right? We wanna buy an asset that's gonna give us income. So if someone comes along and offers that person a guaranteed rental income every single month that covers the mortgage and, and makes some money, that can be a very attractive situation. And so this is why rent to rent is so popular. Now you might think, well surely, why doesn't the landlord do HMOs or serviced accommodation themselves? Well, some do but most people don't know how to use these advanced strategies, or they're scared about them, or they're just not bothered. They wanna get on with their life and have the long-term capital growth on this property, and they're really happy to get a guaranteed rental income. So that's the first low money down strategy, rent to rent. There are some costs involved. You need to have a contract put together. You might need to do a small amount of, of refurb work, You know, painting the property. You might need to put some better furniture in to be able to rent it out in the right way. But really, you should be making more um, in a year than you have to put into the property. And typically, you'd get a contract for three to five years. Again, I'm going to cover this in more detail in a future episode of the Property Magic podcast. The next strategy which is similar to rent to rent in that you pay the landlord a guaranteed rental income each month is called a purchase lease option or PLO for short, purchase lease option. It's one of my favourite strategies because as well as getting cash flow from a property you can get potential equity growth on a property that you don't even own and the way that works is as well as this rental agreement where you give this guaranteed payment to the landlord, you also have a contract in place, an option, a right to buy this property. So let's say a property is worth 200,000 pounds now, you can agree a purchase price of 200, but not now, it's any time in the next three to five, seven years, whatever you could agree with the landlord. Now, why would a landlord agree to do that? Well, for a couple of reasons, again, Maybe they've got a property right now that's a real problem, a liability. You're stepping in, covering the mortgage, giving them a little bit of profit. They have nothing to worry about. And also maybe 200,000, which is the full market price, is more than they could get If they sold it right now. In the market right now, most people don't want to pay the full value. They'd probably sell that at a slight discount, maybe 190. You can actually offer more money if they're prepared to wait for when they get the money. Now, there's quite a lot you need to understand about purchase lease options. And again, I'm going to cover this actually in the next episode of the Property Magic podcast. But it's one of my favorite strategies and actually it's a great strategy for this particular market. So those are two low money down strategies. There's a little bit of money required, but because you're only putting a small amount in and getting a good rental income, they have a very high return on investment. Now let's talk about the ways of actually buying a property with none of your own money at all. And the first one of these is where you buy a property in what we call a joint venture with another investor. Now this is where you find a really great property deal. And by the way, a lot of people don't even know what makes a good deal, let alone how to find one. So if you can educate yourself and then get out there and take lots of action and find a really good deal, Even if you've run out of your own money, there will be other people who want to get into deals like that but don't know how to find them, don't have the time or the energy or the inclination to find those kind of deals. And if you find those deals, maybe those people can work with you. Now normally you find the great deal, they bring the money in, you do the work, and there's a share, a share of the cash flow and a share of the equity growth. Now normally it's 50-50, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's all about negotiation. So where on earth do you find these people who've got money and will be happy to fund your deals? Well, the very best way is going to property network meetings, because people come to those meetings, they've got money, they want to learn how to invest, but they think it's a bit difficult, they don't know what to do, and they're looking for more experienced people to work with who they can learn from. Now, obviously, you're not just going to go to a network meeting and find someone who's going to give you their money straight away. You've got to build a relationship You've got to get to know each other. And remember, when you do a joint venture, you're actually going into business with that other person. So you've really got to make sure that you are similar people with similar values and similar objectives. And you know, joint ventures can be absolutely fantastic, but also I've seen them go horribly wrong because people rush into working with each other. They don't get to know each other. They don't even have a contract written down with an agreement. So it's very important if you do a joint venture with someone else to document exactly who is doing what and when is that being done. So it's really, really important. And again, we're going to cover joint ventures in a future episode of this podcast. The next method, uh, the second method of buying literally no money down is similar to a joint venture, but instead of giving away a huge chunk of cash flow and extra growth, instead you get a private loan from an investor. And instead of giving them a profit share, they get a fixed return. Now, there are lots of people with money in the bank doing absolutely nothing for them right now. And the average person, if you were to give them a four or 5% return on their money, that is a phenomenal return for them. And so the best people to find are people that you know already, family, friends, people who know you, like you, and trust you, and then you can speak to them about the opportunity you have to help people get a better return on their money. Now, you never ask people direct for money because people don't like that, and you know most people who have money don't tell people they've got money because it's not something we really talk about in this country, but suffice to say, there will be people who you know, who've got money in the bank, even though you don't know it, because they've got redundancy money, money from a divorce, inheritance, they've sold some shares, sold a business, whatever it is, and it's doing nothing for them in that bank right now. So you can help them get a much better return and they can help you fund your investment. So it's a true win-win. And obviously you pay them back at some point. Um, Very often if you're giving such a high return, people are happy to leave the money for years and years so you can refinance the property and pay them back when the capital value's gone up. Or if someone needs money back, you find another investor to replace the first one and you give the first one their money back. So again, it's working with private money rather than having to give a joint venture partner 50% of the profit and 50% of the equity. The next method, the third method, is what we call vendor finance. Now, this is where you find someone who's got a property they want to sell, that they don't really want to do an option because they want to get the sale done and completed, but you know what? They don't necessarily need the money from the sale. They might just be putting that money into the bank. And so what you can do is you can agree to pay them the full market price for the property, which is pretty good for them, you would get um, finance for 70% of the purchase and they leave 30% deposit in the property. Now, just to be very clear here, if you go to a normal mortgage company, They won't understand this, they won't like this because they want to see you, the investor, put some money into the deal. They want to make sure you've got some skin in the game in case something goes wrong, you can't just walk away from it. And that's what happened in the last credit crunch when they were lending up to 90% and the values came down and investors threw the keys in and people got repossessed. So be very, very careful about that. So what you can actually do is if you find someone who, and again, you've you've got to build some trust and relationship with this owner there are some companies like crowdproperty.com, which is one of my businesses, that will recognize that let's say something's worth £200,000 £200, and you're buying it. Because crowdproperty has been set up and is run by people who understand property investing, we don't mind at crowdproperty if you're buying a property of 200000 You might get a, a 70% mortgage from crowdproperty for say 140. We don't mind if you the owner leaves 60,000 in for your 30% deposit. That's fine with us because we recognise that if, if you ever default on the loan, CrowdProperty will be able to take the property and get the money back to the lenders that have put the, the, the 140 in for you. And the whole point is you actually lend, uh, so you pay interest to the owner of the property, the original owner, the 60,000 pounds they put in, until you eventually pay that back. Now, you pay that back by, um, maybe you've got another property deal, you buy and sell and make a profit and use that, or the, the value goes up over time, you refinance and then pay it back to them. What you typically do is use crowd property to buy the property for the first six months, and then when you refinance the property, the, own, the, the second mortgage company you refinance with, well, they don't really mind how it's being financed. All they care is, well, it's worth 200. They'll probably lend 75% on that so lend 150 that's enough money for you to clear crowd property and have a bit of extra cash and then the owner is still owed their 60,000, which could be a restriction or a second charge on the property some lenders don't like second charges so you have to sort out with the vendor what they're prepared to do now again this works really well if someone is selling they've got equity in the property but they're just going to put the money in the bank they don't need it and they want to get a better return so the interest you give them on the money they leave in is more than they would get in the bank, so it works really well for them. Um, I did this on one of my properties that I purchased in Bourneville Lane uh, in Birmingham. I've got four HMOs on this particular road and I I had such a good relationship with the estate agent, they would always call me whenever a deal came up in that particular road. And so I walked into this property and it turns out I knew the lady who owned it. She'd worked previously at Cadbury's and um, she knew that I'd left Cadbury's because of my property investing. So we had a good old chat and a catch up I didn't know her very well, but I knew of her and she knew me. We'd met a couple of times and turned out that she wanted to sell this property and use the cash, the equity to pay down her home mortgage. She was retiring in, in five years time and she wanted to make sure that by the time she retired, she reduced her outgoings and so she could survive until her pension kicked in. Now, what happened in reality was that we worked out that if she put money in the bank, uh, sorry, if she paid off the mortgage, she really wouldn't make very um, uh, much of a dent in her monthly outgoings. So instead of paying her mortgage down, which was only a couple of percent, I agreed that I would actually pay her 6% on her money whilst I still had it. And the net effect of this was for the next five years, um, I would pay her more every single month than... Um, she would earn by reducing her mortgage and so net net she was a couple of hundred pounds off better each month by lending me the deposit for this property and so this was how I bought this property with none of my own money invested that property is probably I bought it for 200 probably worth well over 300 now so again I've had all that growth on something without putting any money into that deal so vendor finance is a great strategy As I've said, traditional lenders don't get it. You need to go to someone like crowdproperty.com who can finance that for you for the purchase. And then the final strategy I want to give you, number four of the no money down strategies is another way that you can do maybe a development project, again, using none of your own money. So let's say you find a property um, that has got potential to be converted into something else. So it might be a large house or a pub could be converted into flats, or it could be an office could be converted into apartments or whatever it might be. And there's potential to add significant value to this project. Now normally what most people would do is they'd go and buy this property, they would have to put down a deposit, they'd have to pay their stamp duty, their taxes, they'd then have to borrow the money to do the work. Well, assuming the owner of the property is up for making more money and they don't need the money now, what they could do is the owner could effectively put in the property and then you could bring in the money, which by the way, doesn't have to be yours. It can be a lender like Crowd Property. I'm doing a few plugs for Crowd Property here, but Crowd Property has been set up and designed to really help you, the borrower, and help the lenders at the same time. So you should definitely go and check out CrowdProperty.com. But the point is, let's say someone's got a property that's worth 500,000 pounds. And if you spent 600,000 pounds on that property, so you spend a total of 1.1 million, maybe it's then going to be worth uh, 1.6 million. Okay? So, so a really good project. Now, the owner who owns this property that's worth 500,000, maybe they don't have the knowledge or the skills or the funding to do this development. If they had the money themselves, they might do this development, but actually maybe they don't. So you can find this person and negotiate with them, find out what's important to them, and say, look, would you like more money than 500,000? If you're prepared to wait a little bit of time, I can actually give you more money. And the way you do that is, if they put the property in worth 500,000, crowd property will come in and if there's a current mortgage, they can replace the current mortgage, then give you a little bit of money to get started on the project. And then they might lend you the full 600,000 to actually get all of the building work done. Now, obviously, it depends on the numbers and you can go to the crowd property website, just fill in a very simple borrower form and in a matter of days, they'll come back and tell you if it's the kind of project they can support or not. But the whole point is because the owner is putting the property in, you don't actually buy it. You don't have to um, put down a deposit. You don't have to pay the stamp duty. All you have to worry about is bringing the development finance in. And if the project is good enough, Crown Property will lend you 100% of the money to do that development. So in this way, you can actually do a development project with none of your own money involved. Now, why would the owner do this? Well, you can give them more profit. First of all, the money that you would normally spend on stamp duty you could give to them straight away as part of the well, not straight away. We give to them as part of the the deal once the project is finished and either refinanced or sold, because you don't have to pay the stamp duty because you're not actually buying it. See, the property will be developed, and the end buyers who come and buy the properties will buy direct from the owner, and the owner will get their. 500,000 in this case, crowd property will get all their money back because they paid for the development. And then you and the owner can either split the profit or have some sort of arrangement between you, which means you can make profit on a property that you don't even own. So I hope this episode has really stimulated your thinking. If you know how to find great deals and you know how to speak to sellers and you really understand their circumstances, there are situations where you can buy property and acquire property and make money from property using very little or even none of your own money. Now, the next episode, I'm going to be talking about Purchase lease options, which is a very powerful but a really misunderstood strategy. Most people who think they know about purchase lease options don't actually know about them because if they did, they would have used them already. And I explain why this is a perfect strategy for the market conditions right now. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.